Yo, what is up, everybody? I hope everybody is good out there, man. It's uh, it's the holidays, man. It's Thanksgiving. It's coming up two days away. Uh, man, I don't know about y'all, but of course, I'm a chef, so I'm ready to eat. I'm always ready to eat, but the most important thing, I'm ready to cook, man. I, I love cooking. Y'all know that. Run through my veins, man. I, I'm a chef at heart, man. Die hard all day, every day. Uh, is what I love to do, man. And uh, I hope everybody's staying safe out there right now, man, especially with the holidays coming up because it's, it's this coronavirus, man. It's, it's, it's consuming. Uh, it's taking a lot of lives, man. And, and really, we should definitely be serious about this, y'all. Um, we really, really, really need to make sure we take this serious. Um, I have been working in healthcare now for three years, man. And um, Seeing the healthcare size of it from the food industry part is it, is is totally serious, man. It, it really is, um, and we really have to wear our masks. We really need to practice uh, safe PPD. That's washing your hands. Uh, have some Lysol, some Germex, man. Um, stay clear of people. Be distance. It is serious, man. And uh, right now they just put Louisiana back in phase two. So we are definitely on the top of this pandemic man and it's not getting any better so many cases are rising so i just ask man please 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 be safe please uh make sure you take care of yourselves and uh can, and, and and please practice these good habits man um but i want to come to everybody man i want to talk to everybody man i got this new podcast i've been wanting to do man i, I really feel like this is a good start for me uh, to, to start my podcast again because I was doing it a while back, uh, right before I got this job with uh, the Claiborne at True Creek, where uh, I am the dining service director right now. And I've been so consumed, man, in that job and doing so much each and every day, um, just starting everything from scratch, really, because we just opened. We've been open for about four months now. So... I mean, I, I, a lot of things that I've been doing, man, it, it's been amazing, though. Um, it's been amazing. I love it because it's kind of me. It's just it's me. You know, they trust and seeing that something that was in me, you know, that they wanted to use and put forth. And, you know, sometimes I mean, when when others see things in you, man, and it, sometimes you get a little fearful, you doubt yourself because you feel like you're not good enough or you feel like you don't really possess those abilities like some other people think. Uh, that you do or, or do have, but you got to realize that uh, sometimes you're not always, you know, you can't always see yourself in the mirror um, and other people can see great things about you. Some people can see things that they need that you need to work on. So uh, please always humble yourselves, always make sure that um, whatever is placed before you, whatever task or responsibility is given or wherever somebody sees that you are able to be successful in and know that they can put their trust and ability in you. Leave that fear. Take that fear up out of your man and, and, and take that sh and run with it. Um, because you'll only hurt yourself and only hold yourself back if you allow fear to consume you and to take over your mind, man. Because so many times we do that. It's normal. It happens. But you got to fight back with, you know, somebody sees it in me and, and I'm going to do the best to be able to shine with it. Um, but like I said, I, I've been so consumed with this, man. And it's been taking so much uh, with me doing this. and uh, I, But it's been great. It's been great because 
because uh, I've been able to uh, teach a whole lot more. I've been able to coach and train and be able to use my methods and cooking methods and come up with new recipes, man. And I've been so creative with a lot of things lately. It just makes me excited to go to work uh, and to do it. But I got a little time now that I'm kind of backing off a little bit and uh, I want to start some podcasts again. And this podcast, I really want to generally revolve it around food, of course. <laughs> what else? And uh, I want to revolve it around just food in itself, but not just food, man, just Louisiana food, our culture and who we are. Uh, I want to talk and I want y'all to talk with me. I want to get this feedback, man. And I want to be able to uh, give y'all some ideas for recipes, get y'all adrenaline going and also tell you some things that you may not know. Um, tell you some things that you may not have heard of. I want to give you some insights. I want to, you know, be able to write in your intelligence and be able to have you ready for your Thanksgiving holidays and Christmas and try out some new recipes um, and try some new things, man. But first, I want to start with what I'm calling this podcast. I'm calling it the gumbo pot, man. So the gumbo pot uh, is something I want to start and be able to use. So if you don't know what gumbo is, you, you, you're lame. You need to uh, you need to get a life. <laughs> and uh, gumbo, if you never heard of it, but I'm sure everybody knows that gumbo is a Louisiana staple. The first thing or first two or three things you're going to think about when you think about Louisiana is Okay, they got a great gumbo, Mardi Gras. And you're also going to think about Cafe Du Monde, beignets. And then you're going to think about Mardi Gras, jazz. You're going to think about that. But the culture in itself of Louisiana is what we do with our culture and how we carry our culture. So everybody wants to come to New Orleans, Baton Rouge. They want to come to Louisiana because they want to experience the food. They want to experience the flavors and what we bring and what we do. So... The gumbo pot is every good thing thrown into it, man. Because how it was carried out and how gumbo was made, I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all don't know this, but gumbo was made from a slavery uh, dish. It was in slavery. Back in the 1700s, when gumbo was made, was technically every scrap, every bone, whole ham, every each and everything that we had as slaves to throw into a pot and use um and the biggest thing that was growing in the 1700s that we could grow and do very easily which is easy to grow is okra so okra of course is in gumbo so that's a vegetable that really really hit home and that made that gumbo hearty with the okra the spices the flavor of the meats all we had was like the neck bones and we all had like the the hog maw and stuff like that but the richest part of meat are those things so the richest part of meat is that from the ham you know that that um ham jar that hog maw or the sausage so the dewy and dewy sausage is made with those same products just throw in some seasoning and a little bit of cajun creole spices but those proteins made the gumbo so rich so we threw everything that we had left over what was given to us to be able to make this gumbo and gumbo then was a poor man's food it was a property in louisiana it was something that they could buy and get very very easily and make a bunch of it because you were giving so much scraps from the table um and the slaves had to use something they, they were hungry of course we were working they were working and, and and sweating and you know their their stomachs were empty 
And gumbo was fulfilling. Gumbo was each and everything that they had to be able to put into a pot in a dish and make something great. And now look at gumbo, man. Gumbo is the biggest thing ever right now, especially when it comes to Louisiana. And then these times with holidays. In Louisiana, our tradition, my family, we always going to have gumbo either Thanksgiving or Christmas, either one. Now, let me go ahead and get on Georgia because I used to live in Georgia. I'm sorry for all my Georgia people, but when I was in Georgia, that was probably the worst time of me trying to be a Louisiana in Georgia because Georgia, I, I love the state. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I love it. I like it. But Georgia, if you really think about the culture, the culture of Georgia, there is none. There's really no staple. There's really nothing that revolves around Georgia and that makes you think about, okay, well, I'm going to go to Georgia, but this is what I'm going to get. This is what I'm going to eat. This is what I'm going to enjoy. The plans that you try to make for Georgia is not really there. So Georgia was kind of consuming that a little bit when I lived there. So the biggest thing that I was bringing there, especially when I worked at Windshape, was my Louisiana flair. So I was trying to bring flavors. I was trying to bring things that people would love to go Louisiana for, but you can get it in Georgia. But that's the uniqueness of our culture. That's what I want to tie back into is because our culture is so unique. People want to experience what we bring, what we can bring. The culture of us just doesn't revolve around food, but it revolves around food and family. Louisiana was basically the the colonial state to where everybody migrated here and got here because it was a one stable ground to where so many people can come together in so many different cultures and ethnic backgrounds and groups. So you had the influence of Native Americans, African, you had Haitian, you also had Spanish. That is exactly what is in each and every one of our dishes, especially gumbo. When you get something like that, all of those flavors. Think about that, man. Y'all go and eat, you know, all of your Chinese and Mexican and you go and eat different kind of other cuisines. But you think about each and every cuisine that there is and you put it all in one and you pretty much created Cajun Creole just with the spices and the type of proteins that we use. We crazy in Louisiana, so there was no such thing as eating uh, that was crazy to us as alligator or <laughs> crazy to us as eating raccoon. Yes, coon. We eat some coon. My daddy is amazing with cooking coon. Uh, the best thing ever when he makes it, fries it, rabbit, frog legs, those things about us is what make us unique and different because you talk to people that come from up north and they're like, man, what in the hell y'all trying to do, bro? Like, why y'all cooking? Why y'all cooking rabbits and frogs? And that's crazy. They think we crazy. But at the same time, you start getting people interested because it's unique. It's like, wow, you can take something like that and you can make it that good or you can make a dish that good. That's what Louisiana is. That's what our gumbo pot is and what we bring to other people and our staple of our culture. And the thing I want to really hone in and I really want to talk with y'all and I want to give y'all some insights and some lessons to learn, especially with Thanksgiving coming up. In Louisiana and what we do, especially with Thanksgiving that's coming around the corner, is it's coming very soon. So I want to give y'all some tips on certain dishes that you can do with a little bit of Louisiana flair. All right. So here's a good cooking method I want everybody to try. During Thanksgiving, we all know, okay, you're going to have your turkey. Okay. Everybody wants some turkey. Everybody got to have turkey. It's a staple meat protein that everybody needs. All right. So in Louisiana, um, a lot of the times, and, I, and I'll say this too, when I was with Rachel, my lovely wife, 
Um, when I first met her and we went to Alabama with her family, the difference between of what they were doing in Alabama and what we were doing in Louisiana was it was totally different to where when I brought Rachel down to Louisiana, I think it was like during the summertime, and we had a big crawfish boil. So she always wanted to experience a big crawfish boil, eat that, see what we do and, and, and what we do and how we go about it, okay? So the biggest thing was we had so many friends, so many family members that were actually not like my brothers and sisters and aunts and all that type of stuff, but it was just friends that we grew up with, people that maybe I didn't see every day, I didn't see every other day, but I knew them. And I, I, maybe I seen the last time I seen him was like a year ago, two years ago. And we just kept in touch. But we brought every single person around us during that Easter, invited everybody over. Come get this crawfish ball, man. Come, come over here and eat. Come over here and eat this seafood. It brought people together. It brought a family together. It brought friends together. Okay. And if we can come together like that, man, over food, that's what Louisiana does. We come together, we join together over food, just like that. And during our holidays, especially like Thanksgiving and Christmas, man, we come together because we know it's going to be some good food. Let's be real. You're going to go to your aunt's or you're going to go to your grandmother's house because you know you're going to get that one thing that you can always eat and that you can never really cook every day yourselves. But it's just specific because of what your grandmother or your grandfather or your aunt can do. So you rave about it. Um, so the biggest thing I know with our family is my grandmother makes a hell of a gumbo. Okay. Hands down. I feel like her gumbo is the best. Now I only say that because that's the only gumbo that I really actually had like growing up, but now I can venture out and get more make my own, but still it's just something about a staple when your grandmother makes it. You feel like it's nobody else that can make it like that, man. Come on. Let's just be real. So the gumbo that she presents and brings, you know, we all going to make sure, like, grandma, like, Thanksgiving, man, you got to bring that gumbo. Like, that's what we look for it to. One year, grandma came all the way. My lovely Betty Dyson came all the way to mom and them house, 30-minute drive from Frankerton to Bogalusa. Super small drive, not even long. So she pulls up and gets there. We found out that Momo spilled the gumbo she had it in the back it wasn't stable she was traveling with it in the van the gumbo spilled out in the back daddy opens the gate there was probably like i don't know five or eight servings of gumbo that was probably in that pot when i tell you two years ago that was probably like the worst christmas that we ever had because we really were so upset like i think we all was trying to get sponges bro and like trying to get, <laughs> we was trying to get sponges, man, to go back there and soak up grandma's gumbo so we could put it back in the pot or see what we can save. And all we was like, mom, can you um whoop some gumbo up real quick? Even though we know like that's going to take hours, but it was so, so sad, man, because we was like, damn, we ain't going to have more gumbo. Like it's it. It was like it changed our whole mood, man, because that's something we look forward to. You look forward to things like that. And we look forward to that so much. It just ruined it for us. Um, but I want to give everybody some insight and some recipes that you can look forward to for your Thanksgiving and your Christmases and stuff years to come. Ho hopefully this can be a staple for you. OK, um, so what I really want to talk about first is the first dish that we're going to do for Thanksgiving. OK, now everybody knows, of course, you got to have a turkey for Thanksgiving. Got to get your turkey. All right. 
Turkey, turkey, turkey. Must have a turkey. Of course, it's the biggest protein. It's the only main protein, especially in Thanksgiving and Christmas when you do it. But we're going to add a little twist to this, all right? So the best way I like to do my turkey is, okay, nobody roasts turkey anymore in the oven. Probably except people who really just don't have a life and lazy, and they just want to throw it in the oven and be done with it. I'm sorry. We don't do that in Louisiana. We don't do that anymore. I don't remember the last time I put a turkey in the oven. I think the last time I did it was literally like at my wife's parents' house because we didn't have my turkey fryer. But what I like to do with my turkey though is the best way I like to do it is injection, but you can also do a brine. So let me explain both. What makes a really good turkey and what makes it really, really juicy is one thing that really gets that turkey going is first the injection okay injection is when you're injecting the seasoning you're injecting of course the flavors basically you want like a herb or a seasoning or you want some acid to inject in there with like maybe some butter so that i can ease ten get those muscles and the the thick part of that turkey breast and everything to be tender okay so when you do an injection you're basically injecting the seasoning you're injecting the marinade right into the turkey breast or right into the part where you know it's the thickest that needs the most because it needs to be as tender okay so brine is when you're brining a liquid you make a liquid okay the biggest part of a brine is is basically easy okay you can do a lot with brines it really consists of like water herbs salt and sugar okay and so the brine technically is just a marinade base like a water seasoning broth i say that as a marinade base to be able to brine turkey or brine i mean you could brine a lot of things turkey steaks you could brine pork pork chops, pork loins, all that. But the biggest part of a brine for a turkey is you're brining this to be able to get all of the skin and you want the skin, you want the meat on the inside to be penetrated and low and go slow for days before you have to cook it. So when you brine, you want to brine it for like three or four days before you have to serve, okay, before you got to do it. So your brine typically consists of, and I'm going to put these recipes down below when I publish this, okay, so that everybody can see this and we can talk about it and you can figure out some ways that uh, is good for you, okay? So when you do a brine, you want two to one ratio. So you want two gallons of water and then you want your one ratio to be your acid and your seasoning and all your herbs, okay? So normally what I do with my brine is I take two gallons of water and then I also take two cups of brown sugar. I'll take probably about uh, a fourth of a cup of salt and then a fourth of a cup of ground pepper uh, and peppercorns. And then I also throw in probably about eight to 10 bay leaves for a pound turkey. That's like 10, probably 10 to 14 pounds. Okay. And so I'll place all of that into a water brine with my salt, with my sugar, my pepper, my salt. And then I'll also add some acid you want acid acid penetrates muscle it breaks down muscle it makes it tender okay think about a turkey it's always clucking and running around uh on his hind legs and and, and you know the, the breast is gonna be the toughest part because it's not walking around and strutting on breasts so the biggest part that you really want to get tender is the breast okay so that brine is going to penetrate that with the acid okay so you take your brine you heat it up on the stove you get your water and then you put all your ingredients in okay and then you let that brine boil for at least probably about 30 to 45 minutes just so your sugar can dissolve and all the flavors can just come out into that brine and turn 
turns that water into the flavors that you put in there. Okay. So like I said, I normally like to do lemons, oranges, bay leaves, uh, some salt, some pepper, brown sugar, and I'll also throw some thyme in there every now and then and some rosemary. So put that brine in it. And then once it boils for 30 to 45 minutes, you take that and then you get that cool. Okay. So you want to take the hot brine, pull it to the side, and then you take you some ice. You want to hit the ice real quick into the brine. You're going to cool it down. So you don't want to cook your turkey because the brine is going to be seriously hot. So you don't want to cook your turkey. So you want to get that brine cooled down. So you throw your ice chips in. You might probably want to take like maybe about one gallon of ice. Throw it into your brine. Take it off the stove. Put it into the sink. Let that brine get cooled down. You want to get your brine down to 40 degrees. Okay. So it's cold and cool. Now you're going to take that brine. Once you have that ready and cooled down, you put it into a big container. Most likely you want to do like a four gallon or five gallon container. That way it can hold the, the brine and the turkey. So you put that brine into that container. You take your turkey and you place it right down into that brine. Make sure it is totally covered immediately like you want the brine to be covered on the whole turkey okay so you put that turkey in there then you place it back in the refrigerator put a lid on it and if you're serving on thursday it would be best to do your brine on monday and get your brine going for your turkey i'm telling you when you do that brine and when you get it the turkey is going to be amazing it's going to be good it's really going to catch all those flavors and what's the real thing about brine is it's really going to make that crust and that skin on the turkey just going to have a good good brown skin especially when you fry it okay um so now what i like to do with mine i like to take mine and i do my injection okay so when i do my injection and i take my injection i normally do garlic i normally take a little garlic i take some butter and i take a little bit of hot sauce and then i also take some jalapenos and i'll take the butter probably about two pounds of butter melt it down take about three tablespoons of chopped fresh garlic put it into that butter saute it a little bit and then I'll also take some jalapenos. Now I'll take the seeds out of the fresh jalapenos, give it a small miniature dice, and then I'll put it into that, into that hot butter with that garlic, saute it up for another minute or two, and then take that, and I'll let that kind of sit over the side, add a little bit of salt, probably about two tablespoons of salt, two teaspoons of pepper, okay? Mix that up a little bit, and now the injection is ready. So you take your injection, you want to get your uh, syringe, okay? So you want to get you a good needle, take that injection. Now, when you do an injection, you don't want to take your injection and, and put it all into your breast at once. What I like to do is I take that injection and I fill up that entire needle. And I'll take half of that injection and put it straight into that breast, just half. Then go to the other side and then do another half. Wait about five, 10 minutes just so that that butter and that marinade and that injection can go through that turkey, okay? So if you sit it out for just a little bit, it's gonna start working through that turkey, start working through the protein, start working through the meat of that turkey to start getting it tender, okay? That butter, that garlic, the acid in that is gonna start working those, um, that meat inside, like very, very penetrating it very quick, okay? That's the good thing about an injection. So then you go back after your five, 10 minutes, you wait, do it again. Take your other half, get a full syringe, 
syringe, put half of that injection in one side, then take it in the other side, put the other half of that injection, okay? Wait a couple of minutes, let that injection get in there, start working for about five, 10 minutes, and now go ahead and get you another full syringe of that. And then you wanna hit at least your legs, your wings, and a little bit of your thigh. You don't have to put much in there because really where all that injection is gonna go, it's gonna go through your breast, okay? <laughs> You're going to get it to start going through your breast and start tenderizing that meat. That's why you're waiting for your five to 10 minutes between you putting that in there. Okay. So once you do that, go ahead, get it in, get it all injected. Then you're going to take that. The day before you have to do it is when you want to do your injection. It's a quick penetration because that's what an injection does. It gets straight to the meat, straight to the protein. Okay. That's why you can do it the day before. Now, when you do your turkey, I'm sorry, ain't nobody, like I said, and we, we deep fry our turkeys. Okay. But I also like to do a deep fry and I like to do smoke. Smoking the turkey is also making it tender too as well because smoking, oh my God, the flavor is amazing. All right. When you smoke a turkey, basically you're cooking on a low temp and it's basically giving that cold smoke, that smokiness of the turkey and you're getting it to be just as tender. Smoking it is not cooking it at a high heat. When you smoke something, it's at a low heat. So when you smoke, you're probably smoking at about 250 to 275 degrees. So smoking it is like a slow roll. It's gonna smoke for at least, probably about eight to 10 hours, okay? Get it real good and tender, it's not an overcooking. Now, when I do a fried turkey, the best way I like to do the fried turkey, of course, peanut oil. Put your peanut oil into your pot, into your tub, but don't fill it up to the max level. That's where people go wrong, okay? When your fried turkey accidents happen is when everybody want to take the oil, you feel like it ain't enough, and you want to fill it all the way up to that max line that's inside the pot. Oil and heat rises. So when you put that oil on and it starts heating, it's going to rise up to the max line. So that's why they put a minimum and a max line on there. You want to put the oil in there just right at the minimum line and you want peanut oil. And once you heat it, you want to heat it at 300 degrees. I like cooking my turkey at 300 or 325. Why? Because it's not going to burn your turkey. All right. Where people go wrong so many times is when they put that temp up, just like everybody else try to say, is cook that turkey at 350 degrees when it's probably like a 10 to 14 pound turkey. No, you don't want to do that. You want to slow go on your turkey, okay? It's still going to be crispy. It's still going to be just as good. It's just that when you put it in at 300 degrees, it's not going to burn your turkey, okay? The outside is going to cook quicker than the inside. That's why. So you put that down to 300 degrees, you get it heated, 325 at the most if you want to do that, and then you do three minutes per pound. So if you got a 10 to 14 pound turkey, you do three minutes per pound. That's how you're going to time that out, okay? So what I like to do is, since you're cooking it at 300 degrees and 325, add an extra minute to those pounds that you are scaling and timing out. So you want to do four minutes per pound for that turkey, okay? That way the inside is cooked, it's good, and it's getting that good crisp on the outside. The longer that is in there, the crispier it's going to get and the quicker that the inside is going to get there for the internal temperature of where it needs to be. Because the thing about turkey is even if you inject it, if you inject it, you brine it, if you mess up the cooking process, the method can be so bad to where you can still make the ticker, the turkey, tough if you overcook it. If you overcook it, it's just going to be just as tough. You want to cook it just right, okay? So holiday turkeys, man, best way, 
let's fry that thing, all right? I know it's a little expensive to do your frying turkey and stuff like that, but I'm telling you, the best way to go is frying your turkey, man. Just the flavor of that peanut oil, especially when you do a good Cajun deep fried turkey. Um, the Cajun way, I like to also take a little bit of hot sauce and sriracha. I'll take some hot sauce, sriracha, and I'll kind of saute that down a little bit with some garlic. And I'll take that hot sauce and that sriracha and mix a little bit with some more butter. And then I'll take probably some Cajun uh, seasoning. I'll do paprika, cayenne, a little bit of garlic powder, onion powder. Take that blend and mix and add it to that. And I'll take that liquid and I'll smother it all over that turkey once it comes out, okay? You take that and you rub it all over that turkey. When you do that, once it comes out of that grease, I'm talking about so good. It's basically like you got a hot wing turkey is what it is. Um, so that's the kind of Cajun way I like to do. But also you can do your Cajun spices and do a Cajun rub too as well, uh, just like any other uh, turkey that you want to do. So the biggest thing uh, of your uh, Thanksgiving is going to be a turkey, okay? Um, so hopefully I gave somebody some good points, man, on how to do your turkeys when you do that. Um, and like I said, the good way of going, frying frying that turkey stick away from that roasting we don't do that if you don't have a fryer okay roast it off i understand um but a good turkey fry now it doesn't cost as much you know what i'm saying it's not that expensive but a good turkey frying man is just a way to go uh if you got a smoker you can also do your smoked turkey as well um now if you want to set up a a, a, a stovetop smoke the way you can do a stovetop smoke is you can go to any hardware store and get you like some hookery Hickory chips, probably from like Ace, or you can go to uh, Lowe's and stuff and get you some hickory wood chips, uh, or you can get you some cherry wood chip chips. You can take you a pan, which is a metal pan, probably about a two inch deep pan. You put your hickory chips in there, and then you put you a probably about four cups of water in that hickory chips. You turn that on your flame. This is on your stove top, okay? So once you start getting that hot, the water is going to boil, but it's going to evaporate pretty quick. OK, so once it evaporates pretty quickly, of course, you know that it's going to start burning a little bit because of the wood. But some of that water is still going to be in the bottom of that. So it's going to make it to where it's going to get that smoky flavor from the wood chips. You want a perforated pan to put inside the pan that you put your wood chips in. OK, so a perforated pan is basically like a metal uh, pan with holes in it. You want holes in there so they can seep through that hole that smoke and capture and get all the way around that turkey so you can do an easy stove a stove top uh smoking on your turkey okay and if you want to you can smoke it for probably about 30 minutes on that stove top it's going to get the flavor in there all the way through and then you can just take the rest of it as you want and then put it in the oven and let it finish the rest of the way so get a good cold warm smoke on that turkey for about 30 45 minutes on the stove top and then you can put it in your pan and then just hit it back in the oven until probably like another hour so that they can get to the temp but the smoky flavor will still be there i'm telling you the tenderness of it will be out of this world all right um so that's a couple of ways, man, of uh, doing your turkey for your Thanksgiving um, from uh, Chef Buddy. And uh, this is the gumbo pot, man. I'm, I'm going to always do these uh, and put out some things out there so that everybody can uh, come in and talk about it. If you got some questions, like I said, the recipe that I talked about with the turkeys, the frying it, the brine, brining it, the injection, uh, smoking it. I'm going to put those into uh, my comments when I share it uh, so that everybody can have access to 
to that and be able to see it. If you got any questions, please ask. Let's conversate about these things, man. It's the holidays. This is Chef Buddy. I want to be able to give y'all a little bit what I got in my gumbo pot. And uh, what's in my gumbo pot, man, is everything, man. It's always love. It's always spice. It's always flavor. It's always some caring in there, man, because that's what I do. And um, that's who I am, man. Louisiana, uh, we, we are the gumbo pot, man. We, we do each and everything, and we have each and everything uh, that we uh, possess in our culture to be able to uh, make your meals so good uh, beyond and out of this world, man, because that's just who we are from Louisiana. So um, let's get everybody going, man. I hope you have a good holiday, man. I hope Thanksgiving is coming up. I hope everybody got these turkey recipes, man, and you took a little bit uh, of the uh, knowledge that I kind of shared with you about some history into Louisiana and some history into cooking uh, and a little bit of history just of the basics and methods and everything like that, too. If you got some questions, man, please don't be afraid, man, to comment, share it. Please tell everybody about it. This is Chef Buddy, man. This is the Gumbo Pot uh, episode. It's going to be the first one uh, episode that I'm going to do, and I'm going to keep these up, man. Uh, so this is going to be a Louisiana Thanksgiving, man. So y'all be good, man. Stay safe. Please, please stay safe. Practice those good PPDs, man. Washing your hands, wearing your mask, uh, and, and just keep yourself safe, man, safe, man, because it's, it's getting crazy out here. But um, the holidays is here, man, and we just all want to be able to still be around those that we love, and we don't want to see anybody perish or die. Um, so we want to be able to be healthy, stay healthy, uh, and just stay safe, okay? So y'all be good, man. Y'all have a good holiday, and I'll be back right at y'all, man, after Thanksgiving. Y'all be good. Chef Buddy out.